Y'all excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen? Amen. Good. Fired up. What about that singing little, little hey, little mama son duo on the front there? Man, fantastic. Looky here. Two little curly-headed students. Amen? Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Brian, Brian. I didn't use your, hey, I didn't use your kid name that your mom and daddy used to call you, you know? You're welcome, by the way. I should have. A little bit. It's not appropriate. Sounds a little funny sometimes. All right. To God be the glory. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Speak to our heart, God, that we hear and uh, receive that you get the glory for our life. Help us, God. We're not perfect. God, we're not perfect. You're perfect, and we thank you for it. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, if you're visiting with us today, our senior pastor's on vacation. Had a little scheduling issues. We were scheduled to head out of here and go to Romania and do a serve there, and it got canceled because of a lot, obviously, going on, and so it messed the schedule up. And so we, we thank God that he gets to take vacations, though. Seriously, all jokes aside, uh, the stress behind what he does, we thank the Lord for him and his heart. But we also really thank the Lord that he gets to go take a break. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all have been to the beach this year? Look at all these hands up. Bunch of sinners. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I had, uh, we're in a series. I'm, I'm cheating. Don't tell him, and I hope he's not live streaming. He's in a series of conversations with God. I'm not going to say we're not going to touch that a little bit, but I preached last week what I thought was, uh, and we thought was a, a good conversation with God. But I had been doing this study on this 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, Paul writes this letter, it's pretty incredible, but i have been doing this study and I've, I gave a little Wednesday snippet of it a couple, couple of weeks back and uh, I really wanted to preach this uh, somewhere and I felt like God had a purpose for it and so I've just been tuning it. When the schedules changed and, and I went back to back, I didn't tell Mike, but I'm telling y'all today, I'm veering a little bit off the, off the series and we're going we're gonna to talk about the vessel and we're going to talk about the treasure that's in the vessel uh, Paul, the great apostle, you know, uh, is not Jesus by any means. He's the chief sinner. He writes uh, 13 of the 19 letters uh, or, or of letters in the New Testament. And he's incredible in his writings. Uh, he writes this second letter. There's a little bit going on here. He's starting to defend himself in letter two, uh, letter one to the church at Corinth. Uh, a lot of issues, immorality, a lot of things going on. They, uh, scholars, theologians, believe they, they write a letter back to Paul at some point trying to get some clarification on some things. Paul's upset. Uh, there's, there's some things going on. He writes this letter uh, back to them, and he, he's going to defend who he is in the faith, basically his apostleship, uh, that he stands for true teaching. Uh, the, the, the false teachers are beginning to struggle, and what they're trying to do is sell out the fact that, hey, there's, there's some fake going on. Paul, Paul really wasn't true here, and he didn't live this right, and so they're starting to break down, and that, they're trying to sell that to believers. That, they're not concerned about salvation and souls. They're really concerned about just, hey, we want, we want Paul's following to start follow us, so he's, he's kind of defending himself in this letter. Uh, it's believed that he was openly insulted a couple times, and, and that he wasn't defended by the, the Corinth leaders there, so Paul is upset. So he, he, he writes, you know, obviously his second Corinthians, second letter uh, here. And we're picking up in verse uh, chapter 4, but we're going to pick up in verse 7. 1 through 6 kind of sets up 
7 through 12. I'm not focusing on 1 through 6, but I'm going to touch it real quick for you. Uh, it's Paul writing about his calling, uh, about the mercy he received. He's going to talk about not losing heart in the ministry. Now, you're probably thinking, well, you know, uh, the great apostle Paul, uh, hey, he, he had something I don't have. He, he had a ministry and you know, he was called out on the road to Damascus, all these great things, and you know, that, that could never be me. Well, here's what I want to encourage you today. If you're breathing on this side of your uh, earthly grave when you die, if you're still here, you have a purpose. Amen? And not only do you have a purpose, you have a ministry. I know you're going, I'm not called a ministry. I'm not an ordained, licensed, fill-in-the-blank. I don't have a master's in divinity. I'm not a theologian. You, you're going to make all these excuses, which I, I personally made, too, over the, the, the last years, for years. But God has called you to live an evangelical life, to share your faith, and to raise your children if you're married. And maybe they're, they're grown and gone. But I would say this, even if you're in the house a little older and your children are grown and gone, you have a purpose today, right? Uh, encouragement, loving, sharing, just serving. We, we all have had those great grandmothers, and, and my two grandmothers have gone on to, to be with the Lord. But everybody loves a good, encouraging grandmother that can cook them cornbread and them biscuits good. Amen? Mike loves cornbread, by the way. But listen, all those things, you have a purpose. So he, he's going to take one through six and talk about that. He's going to talk about not losing faith, handling the word correctly. So he's back defending, look, we, we didn't do anything deceitful. We wasn't trying to trick anyone, and we wasn't doing it for selfish gain. So there wasn't like a swappy where I'm going to use the gospel to benefit personally or anything like that. He's just flat taking, hey, here it is. There is a play, though, he warns about. You know, we're not shady. There's no personal grain, personal grain there. But listen to what he says that there was some deception that's going on. And, and, the king, and he, he uses a, a word there. He'll say the knowledge of the glory. I'm sorry, no, he don't say it right there. He, he talks about, uh, that was a different place. He talks about that the God of this age in 1 through 6 has begun to change the people's mind. And what he's not talking about is Jesus. He's talking about Satan. He's talking about the one that knows you as good as you think you do. The one that's, he, he's patient, by the way. Satan's good. He knows the scripture. He knows your weakness. He knows where to get you. We would agree with that. He knows how to work the process. So here's what he's warning against. Hey, some of y'all are starting to be deceived, and, th and there's a play here of why you're being deceived. And so he writes through that through 1 through 6 to set up where we're headed, right? And so verse 7, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I've took, I have a, a page of notes on verse 7. Uh, so I don't really know how far we're going to get. Amen? I just think Mike said keep y'all here to 1. I'm probably not going to do that, but... God, to God be the glory, His Word is rich. There's times in our life that we let this world, who is, I'm not talking about, there's anything and everything, cell phones, internet, hey, let's just be honest, sports, we can just boom, boom, boom. We can drown ourselves out to the point to where God's Word is not rich and good to us anymore. Y'all agree with that? And so when I sit down and begin to look at this, Man, I just got hung up on verse 1. I'll just be honest with you. We'll get past verse 1 today, or verse 7, but I got hung up on it. Listen, listen to the writing. But we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, he's, he's coming off defending himself, and he's going to start to talk about himself, the treasure, and where the power is. And to me, it's one of the most beautiful things that he writes about in this teaching. 
the treasure, obviously the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the salvation, the ministry that he's in makes the vessel valuable. When we start to look at the vessel, we start to talk about and think about what the vessel was. And we're going to say, hey, we're the vessels today. And we'll talk more about that a little bit. The, the wording here, the, the clay pot, the handcrafted clay pot, that's, that's what we're talking about here, was used for some valuable things. We'll hear about that later. And some not-so-valuable things. Paul, actually, scholars and theologians really believe that Paul is using this, this text because he feels inadequate. Remember the chief sinner, the one who killed Christians, crucified, all those great, all those things. Paul, here's what's believed, that Paul is talking about this, this clay pot because he believes it's the, the, they, they kept garbage and human waste in them. They kept not-so-good things in them. And, and, and he ties in, scholars believe that he's tying this teaching in because he truly feels unworthy of his calling. Which I would say this, we typically, probably 90% of this house today feel unworthy of their calling. Amen? Like just the self-worth. We just, we have no hope, which really we do. We're going to talk about that as well. But he starts to talk about the treasure that's in it, that it's confirmed by the Holy Spirit, meaning that you have a call. I know you're sitting here going, I'm not in the ministry you're trying to put something on me that's not on me. No, no, no. It's on you, and it's out of Matthew, right, where the Great Commission down there that we always use here, being disciples, making disciples for the glory of God. Well, God says it a little different when he says, go you forth and make disciples, right? And he charges you to be able to do that. He charges you to go out, share the gospel, and to be good at it, and, hey, he's always with you. What does it mean to be good at it? Be faithful. Just be faithful. Just do what God's called you to do. Because listen, this is what we'll do. We'll work really hard to be good at what we want to be good at. Amen? We put practice in, reps. We really work, work, work. And at the end of the day, here's what I want to ask you today. Do you work, 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 be good and put reps in the gospel? Do we, do we take time to look at the text, read the text? Do we have good devotions? Are we, are we doing what God's called us to do? Or are we being lazy in our faith? Amen? I think sometimes we're lazy in our faith. I really do. I think we get in these places where it's just like, oh, gosh, man, we, don't we pay Mike to do that, right? I mean, huh, they pay powers. I don't have to do that. And we, look, maybe it ain't at this church. Maybe it's somewhere else. I, I don't know what it is. But the worst thing we could do is look back at the missionaries that's planted at this church because that's what Michael called us, and I agree with that. We're on mission here. And think because you give to the church the responsibility has been taken off you and put on them. Oh, boy, that's not in the text. We're going to have to search the Word to make that up. The responsibility of being an evangelical Christian who shares their faith is put on who? Yeah, this side, not this side. Ain't it? No, it's on you too. It's on you to share your faith and be biblical and be active. I reach out constantly to people about serving here. It takes a lot of people to serve here. If you a visitor here, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I pray somebody met you with a smiling face and just a good greet, right? And that they brushed their teeth or something. Y'all tracking with me? And it was good. I pray. Look, that's one of many. There's golf carts. There's security. There's, look, I done got off on a rabbit trail. There's all kind of things to serve the Lord. I just pray you do that. Paul says the treasure in the vessel is what makes you want to do it. You're confused about how your vessel was built. This is what you're going to want to do. Uh, I'm not talented in this, this, this. I don't have that. And, uh, man, I just struggle to get up on time. Amen? 
like I can't get there or late or whatever. Look, 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 you've missed it. All that is true, but the treasure that's in the vessel, so the one that's in you, if you're a believer, Jesus that's in you is better than all that. So really you're looking back at the master creator and shaking your finger at him because you didn't get the talent you wanted. That's what we're really doing. I didn't get to be the front man. Or, hey, uh, I don't get to do this. Or whatever the case may be. When God has called us to be faithful with the little things, like having a good marriage, loving your wife, loving your husband, raising your children, being an encourager, right? The little things. We, we miss the little things sometimes. That's just what we do. Paul writes here and he talks about it and he says, hey, there's a treasure in the vessel. There's a lot of different vessels. Hey, we're all different, right? Some of us bigger, smaller, taller, different colors, shapes. Some of us break easier than others, right? Sometimes we're jarred. Why? God wants to jar the vessel sometimes to wake you up. Amen? He's in it. He's in the vessel. Paul talks about it being a great opportunity one he's not worthy of, but he talks about the value of the vessel with Jesus in it. And if Jesus is in it, then the, the vessel is the most valuable thing it could be. If not, the question would be why? Why not? What do we miss? Well, the psalmist writes it like this in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, for you formed me in my inward parts. Check this out. You covered me in my mother's womb. Here's the play. Before you knew about you, God knew about you. Amen. Watch this. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And watch this. And that my soul knows very well. The psalmist had caught on to the fact that not only was he created by God, but it was a beautiful work. Nobody was created to be junk. Amen. Right? You, you can't say I'm not worthy. You can't say I don't have a purpose. God's Word says the opposite. You're making God's Word a liar. You're challenging the Holy Spirit. You have become the Holy Spirit in your life when you put you first. Amen? There's a word there. It's uh, idolatry. You've started to worship yourself. It's an arrogance factor. There's some pride in there. There's a me, me, me. We talk about it all the time in coaching sports. I coach my son's baseball team. Talk about it all the time. It's a selfless act to deny yourself. You have to be a team player, right? There's no I in the game. We don't care about how good you look. What we try to do is magnify the body. You should be the same. There's no I in you in the sense of the gospel. It's Jesus in the body. Let Jesus use you to glorify his body, amen, and his purpose. He says, well, I was made in secret. I was skillfully wrought. In the lowest part of the earth. There's a comparison here to the female. In, in, in the low side, in the stomach, God knew what he was doing. Y'all have to think about what creation was and what he did. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Watch this. And in your book, they're all written. The days fashioned for me when I, excuse me, when as yet there were none of them. God has a purpose for every one of us. Paul is driving home the fact that the vessel is useless but valuable. It's useless when it's empty, full of yourself, but it's valuable when the Most High God is in your vessel and controls your vessel. 
It's not a co-pilot issue, it's a pilot issue, right? What, what is that? We used to say all the time, uh, uh, Jesus, I want to be the co-pilot. No, 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 you want Jesus to be your pilot. You, you want to deny yourself. Luke talks about it, Luke 9, 23. Anyone who wants to come after him, deny himself, take up his cross, follow me daily. He's the only one that puts daily in the text. Why? Because it's important to continue to die. We'll talk about that in a minute. If, in fact, we challenge this, then we challenge the Holy Scripture. If, in fact, we miss that we are a beautiful vessel with Jesus inside, we start to challenge the Scripture. No believer should ever be disappointed in his abilities or talent. God knew when he created you why he was creating you. Y'all know that text where the Bible talks about the eye, the ear, the mouth, the body's huge, the finger, the hand. Some of y'all are big toes in the house. Amen? It's okay to be a big toe because God needs it. If you don't have a big toe in your foot, your balance is jacked up. That's a true statement. We got to have big toes. Are y'all with me? You got to have ears. You got to have hearts. You, you, you got to have it. 2 Timothy 20, chapter 2 says this. Watch this. But in the great house, they were not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some of honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, watch this, if anyone cleanse himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So here's the question. I got a vessel. Jesus is in it. Is he in it or not in it? I'm praying he's in it. How can we make the vessel useful for the glory of God? Well, the text would tell us a, a series of things. Clean the vessel. Be an empty vessel. Be a willing vessel, right? He starts to walk down to things that some of us need to clean up our life. We just do. There's just things in our life that needs to get out of the way so we can focus on the Lord. It's just a simple text that a lot of times we don't want to hear because, look, we got so much going on, man, and this, 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 whatever it is, fill in the blank. Look, sometimes we just need to reset and say to God be the glory. I'm going to take some time off, and I'm just going to focus right here. Whatever that is. There's things in your life that changes your mind, which makes you think worldly. And when you begin to think worldly, you start to lose the gospel. Amen? Like there's two people that love Jesus. Y'all, Amen? Right? When we start thinking worldly, we start to think about the things that, well, maybe it's not so bad. Or maybe fill in the blank. I had a conversation uh, a couple of months ago with a, a, a brother in the faith, and we had a conversation about marriage, and we had a conversation about people living together before marriage. Now, what the world will start to try to convince you is it's okay to try before you buy. The problem with that is Jesus says no. Y'all tracking with that? So when you start thinking worldly and you start tumbling, the, well, is it that bad or maybe not? Or In John chapter 4, he talks to the lady at the well, and he talks about the five people she's lived with, the husbands, the not. We believe in all the text that that's just an example of how the world will begin to tell us that it's okay to do things. Just try it out. Well, no, don't try it out. Just try Jesus out, right? Just do it the right way from the beginning. Seek the Lord and follow Him. We start to let the world influence our decisions. We start to think things are differently. Watch what the purpose was in verse 7. To have the earthly vessel filled with the treasure says this that the excellence of the power may be of god and not of us can i just be honest with you the purpose of your creation was to magnify the excellence that god did not you not me but him amen to god be the glory here's what the, the theologians put down here 
Listen, it's all about salvation at the end of the day. When Jesus teaches, when Jesus talks, when Jesus came and lived and died, it was for the purpose to you have eternal life, right? Really, the people that say, I want a good life in the, in the Lord, I just want a good life. What, what does that mean? Like, he never promised me that, that the road wouldn't be hard, that I wasn't going to be squished, and I wasn't going to be, we'll talk about that. He never promises none of those, but here's what he promised that if you're obedient and if you repent of your sins and turn from your way and follow Jesus, that you can spend eternity with him. That's the promise. And so he says that if my vessel is filled with him, Paul says this, that the treasure, it'll, it'll give the excellence, it'll magnify the power of God. Why does he say it? Because they're challenging Paul's apostleship. They're saying, Paul, blah, blah, you're all about Paul, you're wrong, and then there's a theological argument there that they're trying to get into. And, and Paul's stepping back going, whoa, no, no, no. My vessel is filled with the treasure. So if you're going to call me wrong, you got to call Jesus wrong, right? And then so he's going to justify that, hey, I'm giving the excellence of the, the, the power is in the treasure, not the vessel. The power lays in the, the treasure, not the vessel. So this is what he says. The excellence of the power is proven to be of God. Why? Because the vessels... Well, they're really interchangeable. They're replaceable. They're breakable. We're broken people. We're a people that needs the Lord. He, he may not want me to do it. He may want Brother Todd to do it. He may choose Brother Todd as the vessel. And then when I get my feelings hurt, or I didn't get picked, or fill in the blank, whatever it is, now, now, now hold on a minute. What am I doing? Well, I've already went back and made it about Justin instead of Jesus, Right? I've tweaked it back to worshiping myself instead of him, the Lord. And look, we're all guilty of this. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's even easier to do when you're not in the Word of God daily, when you don't eat right. Hey, it's a hundred gazillion degrees out there, and, and this is what we pound on our kiddos, right? You've got to hydrate yourself. You've got to drink waters and Gatorades and rotate it and stay off the Coca-Cola. Why? We're trying to keep the body going. Here's, here's an amazing thing to me. We ain't hydrating on the Word of God none. Are y'all tracking with that? We ain't in the Word, and then we wonder why we don't feel good. Well, this is what I'll tell Jackson all the time. You don't feel good because you're trying to eat them Snickers and all that junk food, and you ain't got enough goodie in you. Well, hey, hey you ain't going to feel good when you're eating the old junk world, and you've not got the Snickers in you, right? The good, I mean, not the Snickers. They're good, but the good stuff, Right? You can't expect to love Jesus, claim Jesus, and be godly, and you never open the Word of God. There's a challenge there of if you truly loved Him, how are you not in the Word? How do we not lead our children? If you was writing the letter to the Corinthian church today, could you defend your stance biblically as though Paul did? Could you say, whoa, 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 whoa. It's on record that the treasure in the vessel speaks for me. Paul has no pride, arrogance. Paul, Paul's the chief sinner. Paul only one time really runs his resume, and he talks about, hey, I can run the resume if you want to know, but I'd rather not. I just let my actions, my fruit speak for me. Amen? My faithfulness to the Lord, not to Union Hill. If you're faithful to Jesus, it'll make you want to be faithful to your local fellowship. Y'all tracking with that? That's, that's simple. It's, hey, it's in the text. It's hard to... We struck, if you're faithful to Jesus, it'll make you want to serve at your level doing whatever God's called you to do. It will. There's no argument with that. It's not about you. 
It's about Him. You can't work it. You can't buy it. You can't trade it. You can't get to heaven on your grandmama's promise that you is a good kid. If your grandmama's up there worshiping Jesus, singing, doing whatever they're doing, I don't know what they're doing other than worshiping Jesus, and really, I don't know. Who cares in that sense? Like, we're going to be with Jesus. Y'all tracking with that? Uh, don't want to argue about what that looks like. We're just, we're up there worshiping. She can't look down here and go, uh, Cole Miller is a fantastic student, Jesus. If you bring him home tomorrow, let him in the gate because he's just a good kid. Just don't, it don't work. That's not there. Cole Miller's got to speak for Cole Miller when Jesus calls him home. Jesus will either stand and speak on his behalf and say, he's a child of mine, or it won't, it won't be me, Ma and Grandma, or me. I, I, it, I, I stood by my 10-year-old, and, and I watched her worship. She's in the process of working out salvation. She's got to work it out. I, I mean, I want to do, I want to text Jesus and be like, hey, she loves you, can she get saved? It don't work. That's her. Her vessel's got to be full. Well, who's helping trying to fill it? Me and her mama. Why? Because that's what you're charged to do. Who's going to put the gospel in? It's not Miss Rhonda's charge. You, you can't get there one day and go, well, I went to that church and they had a terrible children's program and none of my kids got saved. I don't even think you're going to be able to ask. I really don't think you're going to have a question-answer session with Jesus. I, I just, some people are like, I got some good questions. Like I had to go to the dentist. Oh, what about them dentists? Evil people, right? All up in your mouth with them drills. Look, he's a great Christian man, good friend of mine. Still evil. I don't care what you say. He said, Justin, I got lit up by some hornets. He said, when I get up there, if I get to ask Jesus a question, I'm going to ask Jesus, why the hornet? Why did you have to create the hornet? I was like, ha, 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 ha. The next day, I got towed up with a hornet. What? I'm like, I'm going to be in that line with you. <laughs> what? How does that happen? Well, you laugh at, laugh at somebody that does work for the Lord and see what happened. Y'all know that dude got ate by two sheep bears. Go read that in Kings one day. Make fun of somebody. Am I lying? It's in the text. Make fun of somebody too. She bears ale. Pride, arrogance, the me, me, me. Look, the vessel's not going to do it. The excellence, the power of God lies right here. Watch this in Ephesians 2 8. We heard this. We did, we did VBS off verse 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of your works. It's the gift of God. He gave you the gift, a beautiful gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, back up in Psalms, that we should walk with him. The, the beautiful thing. God created you. He formed you. He molded you. Hey, if you struggle with what your body looks like, Jesus made it perfect. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what a boy says. Hey, girls, you ain't got to show half your body off to get a boyfriend. You wait on Jesus and he'll give you the right guy. Amen. About seven people in here has got girls. If there was more, you'd be like, hey, man, right? Because look, here's what they're telling you. Show it all off and find somebody. That's not godly. It's not biblical. I struggle with it all. I mean, it's a, I have a 17-year-old, and y'all pray for me. Y'all. <laughs> hey, it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle. I had a brother tell me the other day, he said, hardest thing I've ever done is to raise teenagers. I was like, join the crowd, brother. 
Let me tell you what the world wants to tell your kiddos. You got to show it. You got to flaunt it. You got to give it out. You got to do all that to be popular and for somebody to love you. That's a bold-faced lie from Satan. One person's behind that, the most evil guy who's better at the tricks than anybody you can ever think of. He's the best. You know how y'all got them friends that he's like the trickster. We got them at the fire hall. Some of the greatest pranksters in the world. He's the best. And he'll lie to you over and over. Adults, he'll lie to you over and over. He'll tell you the other woman's better than the wife you're married to. Hey, hey, ladies, he'll tell you that that guy's going to cut your grass better than your husband. He'll tell you that you should leave him. and go. That's what he does, and he's good at it. And we battle it constantly. We constantly battle the home. It's a constant battle for me and my... We all the time are talking to somebody whose home is breaking down. Why? It ain't because of Jesus. It's because of Satan. It's a battle. It's nothing we can do. Wearsby says this. I lean on Wearsby and MacArthur a lot. Paul knew as long as he guarded the treasure, God would guard the vessel. When the treasure means the most, God will take care of the vessel. When, when, listen, when we focus on the treasure, God will take care of the vessel. And here's what he'll say. Hey, it may get cracked, but we're going to see in a minute. It, 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 look, it could get all kind of beat up, but at the end of the day, the treasure is why we serve. The treasure. I do what I do for God, right? Like I want to honor this pulpit when I get behind it. Wherever I speak, I try to honor the pulpit and the pastor's there. That, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. But before I get to that point, I better honor the Lord. Y'all tracking with me? So before you sinned against a brother, you know who you sinned against? The Lord. Before you mistreated your wife, you mistreated the Lord. You don't get a pass from the highest. It's what happens when we are disobedient. MacArthur, or excuse me, Dr. John uh, Henry Javette makes this statement. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Paul put it all out there. Paul did. He, he put it all out there. And, he, and he's making his plea. And all that was in verse 7. Y'all see, like, I could keep going just on verse 7. It's so rich. Well, let's move on. Verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. The vessel can take some damage. Hey, it may be busted. It may, half of it may fall off. You may feel like you can't take it no more. You know what we tell people when they're at the end of the road, whether it be in my secular job or here? Listen to me. Whether I roll up on somebody trying to kill themselves or we're talking to somebody here who don't want to live no more, this is why we do what we do. It's for the glory of God. Not for you. Not for you, but for Him. Inside is why we do what we do. Can we be hurt? Absolutely. Can it make it difficult? 100%. Do we struggle with things in this world? Yes. Yes. Hey, the, the vessel's the vessel. It's not bubble wrapped. I mean, I want to bubble wrap my children. Amen? Some of y'all do too. Y'all hover parents. You know, it's not. But when it's damaged, we got to know where to go. We got to go back. When, you're, when your child, let's just look at it. When your child gets hurt, they're going to run to mom or daddy. When we get hurt, a lot of times we lash out on Facebook. That, that ain't in the text, right? 
That slow to speak text is difficult to do, by the way. But hey, Jesus tells us to do that, slow to speak, quick to listen. Take your time, run to the master, let the master guide you. I promise you this, I've never went to the master. I've never went to Jesus and went, God, I was wrong, and I have got this Facebook post that's going to rock the world. Can I do it? And he went, yep. What? No, 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 I ain't never got that. Matter of fact, I've topped up several and had to hit the race button and get off of it and leave it alone. Why? Because, look, it's difficult. It's difficult sometimes. That's not godly. Just do what God says. We're not crushed. We're perplexed and not in despair. We have hope. Look, our hope lies in the Master. Our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. When you're talking to someone who has no hope, chances are they don't know the Master. They don't know the guy we just sang about. They don't know what the blood did for him. They don't know what it cost to cover his sins. They have missed it. I would say we're not really persecuted. Paul was, definitely. There's some arguments here. I've never had to say Jesus or die. I mean, there's some hard things here. We're never left alone. We're not forsaken. God promised you I will not forsake you, right? Struck down but not destroyed. He gives four things there. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But none of them win. None of them. None of them win. The statements he made here in this text were believed not to cripple his ministry, but watch this, to strengthen it. He gained strength off of the things he went through because he had so much faith after conversion for Jesus and God. He had so much faith in the Lord that he gained strength. He, he would say this, obviously Jesus is his rock. But, but he, would, he would say that the, the fact that these are not personally against Paul. The attacks was against Jesus. Paul was just in the way. So look, the evilness of the system, the false teachers, everything, the battle, all that was there was really not at Paul as much as it was at Jesus. Paul's just the guy that's in the way. There's a lot of things you're going through that, hey, maybe in your mind, now, now, now look, the, the, Lord, the Lord lets us have some trials because it's going to strengthen us. Hey, it should make us better. There's times he stretches. I, when me and Mike are in a, in a couple different specific prayers. And then one of, the, one of the things we're praying about, I sent back a message to Mike, and I said this, stretch us, Lord, stretch us. I'm just going to be honest with you, stretch us. Make it hurt to do ministry. Why? Because, right, we, we just read the quote, ministry that costs nothing, accomplishes nothing. Can, you, can Union Hill just sit on a half a million dollars and just be like, we're debt free with a half a meal up here, hey, praise God. No, stretch us, Lord, amen? Make it hard. Hey, we want to challenge you to live a different life, and not because your kid wants to go to Disney World 52 times, right? But because you love Jesus and care about one of these kids getting saved. That, that's a goal, Hey, a goal for us is that we reach the gospel and whatever that looks like. I, I don't know. But stretch us, Lord. Make people who don't serve you want to serve you. Make those resources larger for us. It's not for Mike Stevens. It's for Jesus. It's not for our elders. It's for Jesus. It's not for the staff and tallest powers. It's for Jesus. I mean... It's, it's not for you. It's for Jesus, right? You don't have a seat in the sanctuary. Give it to somebody. 
I told y'all before, the, the sweet lady who's now in heaven at the church that I used to serve at came to me on a Sunday morning. It's a true story. And said, uh, Justin, yeah, somebody's in my seat. I, man, I, there's probably times I say stuff a little off cuff. Probably shouldn't. I just said, well, you want me to? She said, they're in my seat. I said, well, praise God. Go give them a hug. And she looked at me like y'all are looking at me. <laughs> you want me to go tell somebody to get up? And the house has got, what? I'm not doing that. I'm not answering to Jesus one day because you wanted a certain seat in the house of worship. Are you kidding me? I really feel like Jesus would look back at me and went, what? It's my house, amen? It's the place I work. What are we, no, I'm not doing that. This is what I would encourage you. Give them your seat when they walk in. Just say, hey, you want my seat? Praise God, right? I mean, sometimes we make ourselves the key focus. James writes this. It leads me to, to remember this. Listen, James writes this in chapter 1, verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. So slow your roll, learn. Be, hey, don't pray for patience, by the way, unless you're serious, because it's, it's, it's legit, not that you may be what? Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is what the text tells me. When I follow the steps that God has given me, it may not come out like I want it. It may not glorify Justin, but I'll have everything I need for the glory of his name. That's what the text tells me. When I take my time and say, Okay, God, so I just told you me and Mike are praying through some things. We're, we're going to pray through them. And, and my prayer with Mike over multiple occasions has been, I don't want it to be flesh. I want it to be the Lord. All right, y'all tracking with that? So I don't want something that I want. I want something that he wants. And so we're working through that process, and we're saying, God, to you be the glory of what that looks like. Stretch us, Lord, make it hard. But hold on, hold on. We want every possible tool to be perfect when we get there. Will it be? Yeah. It will be in the sense that Jesus is Jesus. We may lack something or we may need something, but whatever the case is, my prayer is that God gets the glory and provides the way. That I may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing in Him, not in this world. Holy smokes, we don't care about this world, right? We don't care, fill in the blank, what people say about this or that. Here's what we care about, Jesus. Jesus. Well... We're getting toward the end of the time. Mike just texted me and said, shut it down. No, he didn't. I'm kidding. Verse 10, watch this. I tell you what, we'll pick verse 10 to close it down, Joseph, wherever. Uh, yeah, you come play for 10 minutes and we'll shut it down. That's our, that's our routine, right? Or maybe eight. Either way, it sounds good. Here we go, 10. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in your body. So he, here's your question. Here's your question. Have you spiritually had a funeral? Oh, what a word, what, what, why? What are you talking about? Have you died to yourself at any, at any point? Has there been a funeral? Yeah, it may be spiritual. Hey, not physically we ain't put you in the ground. We, we know that. Have you spiritually died to say, Jesus, I follow you? It's all you. There is no better way. 
There is no better way. What does it look like to fully surrender? I, I don't have the answer. I, I don't. I can just tell you, surrender and let God guide you all the way. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's going to do in your life. I don't know what that looks like. But I know this. Fully trust in him. Fully trust in him. If not, why? What's holding you back? What's the roadblock between you truly serving Jesus and not? What, what's got us there? What do we keep running up against hitting? We're just hitting something. And every, every time we want to do better, we can't. Why? Seek the Lord. I, I don't have that answer. Sometimes we have too much things, too many things and wants and all those things in the world that, that we can't hear the voice of the Lord, right? We can't hear Him. Our brain is so full that we, we, we're missing it. What's your fruit look like? If you was writing a letter, how would you write it? And if people was reading it, what would they read? Look, we're not perfect. He is. Right? I said this at a funeral not long ago. And I've heard this said. And then I heard a great, uh, a great sermon on this. And he said this. We all the time want to say, we don't have to be perfect to get to heaven. Theologically, that's not correct. You don't have to be perfect, but Jesus is perfect. You won't stand in front of him, but because he made you perfect. The righteousness is in him which gets us there. Your old sinful, lost self can never stand around the presence of the Lord for long. Amen? The perfection made that lets us worship God is made in him. So you will be perfect when you get there, but it's because of the treasure that's in your body. It's the treasure. It's Jesus. It's what he's put in you. Luke 9 says this, and then we'll be done. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Dr. Luke, John 1 and Luke, that records daily. It's a self-decision. We make a choice every day to follow and serve the Lord. Amen? I'm not saying for salvation. We, we can be saved and live like where we was headed. Y'all tracking with that? Now there, There's some controversy there. Then he says this. It's a daily decision to want to love Jesus. We got to wake up in the morning and we got to say our prayers and we got to be focused on the gospel with our 60 million things that we're doing because we all got that many. We're like running around, chickens' head cut off, doing all that. Jesus, today's your day. Every day. Because one day you won't even wake up. There's a chance you don't even wake up. Maybe tomorrow, maybe two weeks. Every day that I wake up and see daylight, I thank the Lord for it. Amen? Every single day. Deny yourself. The response will give confirmation of your faith. The response to how you respond to Jesus. You trust Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You love Him, want to serve Him. God is there, and God is with Let's pray. God, today I pray that if somebody's in the house and don't know you, God, that if somebody's here and needs to make a decision to follow you for eternity, that they make their decision today, God, between you and him or her or whoever it is. And then, God, if we are in the house and we're all in this category, don't truly live like we should all the time, help us, God. Help us, God. Refocus. Change the family. Change the home for your glory. And, God, we thank you for Jesus. 
We thank you for these willing people to sing and lead us in worship. We thank you for Union Hill, the staff, every single person here. And God, we thank you for every single person out there. It's not about Union Hill, God. It's about Jesus. And we thank you for it. Help us, God. Help us, God. Forgive us of our sin. We love you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.